swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class Bored in a tall martini glass Let's swing on down to Ricky's down to Ricky's place Hello and welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. This is Jerry McCarty here as usual with the lovely Kelly Maroney in Hollywood, California. Hi, Kelly. How's it going? Hi, Jerry. It's going great. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited. Today we have a special guest. You know her as the lovely Marianne from Gilligan's Islands, but she's an author, former Miss Nevada, the great Dawn Wells. Dawn, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I like the great Dawn Wells. It sounds like I'm a circuit performer. And here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person who has said that. <laughs> he won't stop. Good morning, you two. Good morning. So we are going to talk today about many things, but you have a book, so let's get the plug-in for the book, What Would Marianne Do, right? What a great title. It's kind of a guide to life, and it's a guide to life on what's going on in the world today, where standards and, and, and principles and, and manners and graciousness still count. You know, I, everybody thinks it's kind of old-fashioned, but it's actually more important than, than we realize. And I don't have children. And I think it would be very difficult today with families who are, you know, mixed uh, uh, divorcees and other people's kids and both people having to work and the Internet and everything that's going on so quickly and the world being in such chaos. It's very difficult to raise kids today. And uh, I think teenagers need to be uh, included in the conversations with what's going on and considered. And it, 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 it's a book that kind of helps you guide through what's happening. Marianne was a very good girl. Marianne was raised with really good principles, a hard work ethic. She was sort of the moral compass of the island. And over the last, well, it's our 50th anniversary, so over the last 30 years anyway, uh, fans have come up to me that are raising children. And, and Marianne was a favorite. She would have been your best friend when you were in high school. She, she wouldn't have tried to take your boyfriend away if you were out in the, in the dating world. She, she was a good person, raised with good standards. And, and I was raised with Marianne in Reno, Nevada. But there was gambling and prostitution and divorce. <laughs> and our high school was number one in the country while I was going to school. So, I mean, it, 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 it shows that, uh, and I don't want to say the good girl like the goody two-shoes. I'm not trying to say that. But a good person resonates throughout the world. We were seven misfits trying to get along from all walks of life. Now, how many countries are we trying to get along? All walks of life and religion and economics, etc. So it, it's interesting. I think it's the reason the show has gone on so long. Right, right, right. Hey, I, I want to ask you one thing about uh, Gilligan's Island and that you, you talked about Marianne. And we we talk about a lot of television shows. And, and when we did the Andy Griffith show, we kind of realized that Andy was kind of the only sane person. He was that moral compass in Mayberry. Everybody else yeah. had these little quirks. You, the youngest <laughs> castaway... We're the only sane, real person on there. You were the real moral compass of that whole island, right? I think so, yeah. I, I mean, we were not quite so far out. The professor was, of course, he couldn't build a boat. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> he could make a heck of a radio out of coconuts, though. <laughs> and Gilligan just tried real hard. I mean, he, he was a good guy who tried real hard. And the skipper, of course, was, was the boss, but with joy and love and no real... Um, animosity to anybody so it was it was a good mixture of people but we had a lot to deal with because of who we all were 
Yeah, yeah. So, but isn't that weird that they would trust that with you, the youngest cast member, to be the voice of reason always on the on the island? I don't think it was on at all. If you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I can tell in the book, and you speak about all you speak uh, positively about all of your cast members or castaway members, but. I can sense a, a, an affection for uh, Alan Hale Jr. and for the uh, and for Russell Johnson, the professor. Those guys seemed like both had a, a, a real impact in your in your life as well as on that show. Well, that's true. And, and the skipper was the size of my dad. So every time Alan would hug me, I'd be lifted a couple feet off the ground. And if he, <laughs> if he would just put his arm around me, there was a security or a real trust with Alan, and he, and he deserved it. He was a fabulous man, and we shared recipes. He would play golf not far from my house, and he'd drop by with something he'd cooked the night before, giving me a little recipe or whatever. And I've become acquainted now with his granddaughter, oh. who is Samantha Hale, who's doing stand-up. Oh, and, really? And she's wonderful. I've gone to some of these little pubs around town. I just saw her, as a matter of fact, at my book signing. And she's gone blonde. She's really beautiful. So, I mean, it's really kind of fun. And I'm also uh, a friend with Bob Denver's widow and... Um, Patrick, his, his son who played Bob and Jack and the Beanstalk, he was only five. Wow. So it's interesting how time just kind of goes on, you know, and, and, and we, were, um, we were a good group. We, we, we liked each other, and there was some good talent there. That's great. Hey, so Don, we have, to, we have to take our first commercial break right now. But when okay, we come back... Something, something good. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to hear more from Don Wells. We're going to hear about acting and more about the book what mary ann would do when we return at rick's martini bar let's swing on down to ricky's place where the girls are refined and the men have good taste and we're back welcome back to rick's martini bar i'm here with jerry mccarty i'm kelly maroney and we're talking to dawn wells and talking about her book what would Marianne do? As you probably all know, she played Marianne in Gilligan's Island, which is an, a classic archetypical show that it lives on in all of our consciousness. Probably has never. never been off the air, right? I, <laughs> I can't, off the air. I can't well, remember. The show in the history of TV, 30 languages. Yeah, I can't remember a time when it wasn't on. And that, that's fascinating. That how What... What do you think it is that it, 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 in our psyches that, I mean, just a couple of years ago, there was a beer commercial. The guys were playing pool, and they said, Ginger or Marianne? And that stunned even me that each and every one of us has that in our DNA is Gilligan's Island. And what do you attribute that to? Well, I, 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 the first question, what do you uh, attribute Gilligan's Island in our DNA, or what do you contribute to the Ginger Marianne question? Oh. The Ginger Marianne question is pretty easy to answer because it depends on the age you were when you watched the show, I think. Mm -hmm. I think Marianne was attainable. I think she'd have been your best friend. She could have been your sister. I think as a young boy, you would ask her to prom. She would be polite. She would be sweet. She'd be fun to be with. I think Ginger was somebody maybe you put on a pedestal or maybe a little out of your reach. Or maybe you were sophisticated enough to take a dinner and dancing, buy her champagne. I think it was more um, of a challenge for a ginger. So I think the age bracket that I've raised now, who's in their 40s, um, uh, identified with Marianne because, because of those things. I, I mean, I really think the goodness of her, the fun part, 
She was never cranky. She was never temperamental. She was kind to everybody, tried to make everything work as best as could. I mean, I think she had the essence of Ginger, of, of uh, Gilligan. Gilligan was always trying to please. He just happened to be a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, Ginger, little girls are play. We have so much pressure of that's what you're supposed to be, and and you have no idea, you know, the female ideal that you're supposed to grow up to be, so you can be a successful success in life as a woman. And Marianne was some. It was she was she was the the nice girl, but she was also a winner. It wasn't like nice girls finish last, and you have to be this, and you have to be va va voom, or else you're not going to succeed in life. And you could be Marianne. You could be uh, um, unpretentious and 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 just a, a, a wonderful person. And, and you were still you, you you presented it as a powerful choice. Well, and, and, we, and it's really kind of that in the book today, because it, in my book, what would Marianne do? I mean, right now, is a five hundred dollar purse really important? Is it really important what the Kardashians are doing? Uh, are, are we getting outside ourselves and becoming envious of the unattainable or the, the, the star in the heaven or whatever you think it is and not developing who we are? Yes. And I think who you are is who you become. And a lot of times it's mixed families, you know, stepkids. In other words, let's say I'm the new wife and my kids have been raised with manners. He comes with three children who eat with their fingers. There's going to be conflict at that dinner table no matter what. And, and both parents are working. So I really think that the, the qualities of Marianne, she, she pitched in. She cooked, she cleaned. I always laugh about that. And she was the optimist. Mm -hmm. And I, Dawn Wells, am an optimist. There's a great deal of me in Marianne. I was raised in Marianne. So I really think we put it in quotes and we think it's corny. But look and see this generation of young teens, young girls, where they're going. There wasn't even birth control. The pill wasn't invented when we got on the island. Now you drop in, and now we've got naked survivors and people dancing on on, on piano tops, making obscene gestures. I mean, <laughs> I it, it's a lot to it's a lot to judge. It's a lot to digest, and it's a lot for you as a parent and a young person to determine what you're going to be. And and you were talking about how we all want to grow up and be better people. It's really tougher today. And I think the stronger you are with what your beliefs are, and this isn't a goody two shoes, but it's a good girl. You know, it's a good girl. We talk in my book. I talk about liquor, and that's one of the things. You know, you tell your kids, "Don't drink, don't drink, uh huh, uh -huh. don't drink, uh huh." <laughs> and the next thing you know, they're arrested for DUI. Right. And 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 one of the things I say, my dad, when I, my parents were divorced, my mother I lived with in Reno, my father lived in Las Vegas, but they were friends, so I had two families that loved me. And my dad said to me, here's a liquor cabinet, Don. I want you to know what liquor is, uh, uh, even though you walk through the casinos and see it all the time. He gave me a shot of either a bourbon or scotch or something straight. Well, there's nothing worse. It tastes just awful. So you <laughs> say, boy, I don't want to do that. But in, in my book, I'm saying you're going to tell the kids not to drink, but they're going to. So how do we tell them to drink sensibly? Yes, we know we shouldn't drive drinking. That's hammered in our heads, not enough, but it's there. But know what you're drinking. You know it's a rum and coke, and you say, give me a half a shot of rum and coke. Don't go to a fraternity house and drink punch. You don't know what's there. Don't take a pill that you don't know what it is. You have control of your life starting as a teenager to start. In the book, you see the big brain and the little brain. The little brain tells you to just do it now. The big brain says, hold on, what is this? what's the responsibility here? And, and that's what I think we just need to be made aware of. Mm -hmm. as, as you grow up, you have choices, and some of those choices can be really bad. 
as a as a woman on a TV show in in Hollywood, I'm sure that every you encountered every single opportunity to to uh, to go astray as possible, and yet you didn't do it. And so that well, and that's very interesting because I in writing the book, I took me you know you you soul search. I know I am the way I am in my thought process because I started out as a debater. And I always take the opposite side of what you're saying to see if you can really convince me or that there are two sides. The other thing is I didn't hang out in Hollywood. Mm. Uh, I, and I don't mean to put down people in my craft because I admire so many people. But I want to talk about something else. Mm -hmm. uh, what's going on in the world? What are the politics? What are, you know, what's the new DNA? What is all that that we can now get into genetics? So I really, I didn't go to many Hollywood parties. I've never been to a Hollywood party where there was cocaine that I know of. I'm sure people might have been on it when they got there. So, and I didn't date actors, you know, so uh, I, I wasn't really exposed to that. And it wasn't that I disliked them. It's just that when you're not working, there's other things to do. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Hey, we have to go to another commercial. But before we do, I, I, I do have to say one thing is I was reading your book and Talking about Marianne, I think you sure. I, I think you don't give yourself enough credit. There, in the center of the book, there's these pictures, and when people oh, yeah. say Marianne, Marianne or Ginger, you know, it's it, and people think of Ginger as the bombshell and Marianne as the nice girl. But there's some striking pictures of you in there with some uh, uh, a, a, a beautiful woman. And when I was in high school, and people would say Ginger and Marianne. My response would always be, okay, neither of them would have anything to do with you. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so, so it, it, it actually isn't your choice. But anyway, we have to take a commercial. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from the lovely Don Wells, Kelly Maroney, and me, Jerry McCarty, as we talk about what would Marianne do at Rick's Martini Bar. Let's swing on down to Ricky's place. The girls are refined and the men have good taste. We are back at Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Jerry McCarty here with Kelly Maroney, and we are talking to the lovely Dawn Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island, and her book. What would Marianne do? Take it away, okay. Kelly. At the break, we started talking about the auditions for Gilligan's Island and uh, what her background was before, what your background was before you. Uh, before you ended up as Marianne, and we started talking, we were interviewing you off the air. So I wanted to make sure that some of that got back on the air. So they auditioned for five days straight for Marianne. Raquel Welch was somebody that came in, and that you that uh, did not get the part, and you did. Well, uh, so I was told uh, that she came in. I never met her. We were in a great big CBS studio over on TV City, and there were about 300 people auditioning for the Professor Marianne and Ginger. So all every ingenue, every leading man, every everybody was there, and I was uh, for some reason they kept calling me back and putting me with matching me with people. You need to get that chemistry. So I I was told Raquel Welch auditioned. I never saw her. I'm sure it's true. She would have been a better Ginger anyway. She wouldn't have been a good Marianne. She'd have, she'd have been a better Ginger. She was so glamorous and sexy. And but you you had already you this you were not a stranger to Hollywood you've ar you'd already been what, what play did you do that you that you well I can't when I first came to Hollywood I, I'm a stage trained actress so when I first came to Hollywood I auditioned there was a, a music box theater right across the street from Groundless Chinese mm -hmm. and and I, I I got a part with Leon Ames and Mercedes McCambridge and Mercedes McCambridge was an incredibly talented woman so was Leon Ames and it was just the, the four characters in the play so I went to work right away and then I picked up with an option with Warner Brothers. They used to have contract players. 
So I did all the television shows. They didn't pick up my contract after a year and a half, but I did everything. I did the Mavericks, you know, the Seven Sons of Surfside Six, Roaring Twenties, Hawaii and I, anything that, that, that gave me uh, film experience. I remember Louis Quinn on 77 Sunset Strip taught me how to match. I said, what's that? He said, well, we just had a long shot. And you picked up the water and drank it on this line. Now when the camera comes closer, you've got to pick it up and drink it on that line. I went, oh, really? I, I don't do it when I feel it? He said, no. Now that you've already done it, you've got to do it again. So I, I learned all the, all the, all the uh, film technique, and then I just was in the ingenue pool, you know, where you get started. Everybody does about eight or nine of you that read all the time, Susan Pachette and and I can't can't remember some of them, but but we were all up for the same stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I th there was a man on the soap opera that I was on when I was a kid. That his claim to fame actually was that he was the first professor and he got fired, and he was the first. John Gabriel. Yes. John Gabriel. Yes. Yeah, and he was a very handsome, good actor. Yes. I think when CBS said, "Let's get rid of all these school teachers, let's rewrite," and I think mm -hmm. that's what happened. I think they just decided to mix up the chemistry. Well, Gabriel's a good actor. I, I mean, I, I've never worked with him, but I, I know his work. Well, yeah. We, yeah, we had a steamy uh, Lolita-type storyline, and when he told me, he said, I was the professor, and they fired me. <laughs> he was the first wow. person who ever... Who ever they replaced him. They didn't fire him. Well, the, I, the, <laughs> it stunned me. He was the first person who ever looked me in the eye and said... So they fired me. I, yeah. I didn't. They fired me. They fired me. <laughs> He's a lovely guy, but that, that just really impressed me because that was such, like I said, it was in it's in our DNA. Somebody had something to do with Gilligan's Island. It was. I was very impressed. <laughs> I'll say. There you go. <laughs> okay, I've had to live it down auditioning for roles. What? The guy in my log, are you kidding? Marianne, do we have to come on? I'm an actress. I can do anything. <laughs> I mean, the pride in my life is, is uh, Lion and Winter. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd you love know, to have seen that. That's the thing that I love the most. I just did that last year. So. Wow, that is great. Hey, well, let's talk about some of the stuff in the What Would Marianne Do book. And as a frequent traveler, I, I love your little... Uh, I won't call it a rant, but a little about people that are traveling. As I was in uh, in first class with a guy who took his shirt off, and uh, and well, I mean, be clean and proper. And because of Marianne, the people I sit next to confess their whole lives to me. Oh, it's I'm really sure. fascinating. I mean, I had this man that we, we five hours we were flying, and and how much he loved his wife and his kids, but he had a mistress. But I have a mistress. Uh -huh. but I, <laughs> and I kept thinking, well, you obviously like two lives. Yeah, I have a mistress. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't say that to everybody. And then I flew, I flew another, I flew another time, first class, going uh, from Los Angeles, and sat next to a referee. And I don't know what referees do. And I was just fascinated. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a very curious person. But and, and how do you know? And do you really catch it at the moment? And do you see films of the of the team before you go? And they're not allowed to stay in the same hotel. They're not allowed to stay in the same hotel with the team. I mean, it's it's amazing to see and how much they're on the road, basketball especially. Right. So I mean, you know, a, a, an airplane can be a wonderful education. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I hate to keep jumping around, but I just thought of something. Is with all that work that you did on those TV shows, you must you must have worked with some amazing actors and actresses. Well, Warner Brothers stuff, you know, Troy Donahue, Cookie Burns. Oh yeah, yeah, Connie Stevens. Right. I mean, Connie Stevens, and I worked with Marshall Wallace, but I love a lot. Uh huh. Newhart, we did a couple together around the world. Oh how and, fun! And yeah, but I, I mean, if you're talking about like the Betty Davises and the Catherine Hepburns and. Hey, Connie Stevens is not chopped liver. That's good stuff. No, Connie Stevens is lovely, too. She's a great girl, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we are 
unfortunately, at the end of our time, Dawn. It goes so, so fast. Well, I really enjoyed you, and it's really fun. I, as I said before, radio is one of my favorite things, and to have somebody that can ask intelligent questions and have a real conversation was a joy. Thank you. And yeah. it's a great Christmas gift. If you want to pick up that little book, it's a great Christmas gift, and I hope our paths cross again. Great. Kelly, tell them about the book. I have it right here in my hand. It's called A Guide to Life, What Would Marianne Do? by Don Wells with Steve Stinson. And it's, it's a gorgeous book. It's got some beautiful pictures in it, too. And I'm very impressed with it. This, you must pick this up. And it would make a, you know what, universally, there isn't, I can't think of anybody that you couldn't give this to. This is a lovely gift. Oh, I'm going to give them to several people as I travel around that, I, that violate the uh, little brain, big brain. And I'm going to highlight some chapters and hand it to people. Little brain, yeah. little brain, big brain, and it's a good way of explaining it to your kids. It's not rules and no rules. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, Don Wells, thank you again for being here. Kelly Maroney, thank you as always for being here. Thank you, Jerry. And my name is Jerry McCarty, and we will see you next week at Rick's Martini Bar. Cheers! Let's swing on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined And the men have good taste A touch of class Poured in a tall martini glass Let's swing them down to Ricky's down